with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores the need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, have you ever had an idea that you thought would make a good book? Or has God laid something on your heart to write about? On this episode of The Notice, my husband Dick, who spent many years as a journalist, will actually interview me about the new book release of A Firm Grasp, Feeling Validated in the Notice New World. We'll talk about why I wrote the book, the process, and the upcoming launch parties as we take notice of God while releasing the book. Let me tell you a little bit about my wife, Susan. She understood early what it felt like to be unnoticed. Growing up in a low socioeconomic, racially tense neighborhood with a disabled father, there was little time for celebrations. Financial insecurity, physical assault, sexual abuse, and betrayal left her asking, what's wrong with me? Even the highs of applause didn't satisfy, until Jesus. Embracing mercy as her anchor, she discovered how God provides her validation needs leading her to become more mission-focused. She is a musician, lay counselor, author, songwriter, speaker, ministry leader, teacher, and host of this very The Notice podcast. I'm Dick Hookstra, her husband and president of her fan club, and today's host. Welcome, Susan. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. I'd like to start our time together by reading a few of the endorsements you received for this book. Adam Dennis, a worship pastor at LifePoint Bible Church, said, As a worship pastor and musician for many years, I've often been tempted to leverage my leadership as a platform for my own validation and affirmation. I'm guessing I'm not the only one. The attaboys and pats on the back ultimately fall short of our true heart's desire that only the God of mercy can fill. I wish I would have had Susan's book many years ago to help me process what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, and ultimately how to embrace with a firm grasp the incredible remedy that's available to all. Ben Snyder, the lead pastor at Cedar Creek Church, says Susan takes on an important and courageous journey, helping us navigate our need for affirmation. There are healthy and unhealthy ways to satisfy this appetite we all have. What makes her work meaningful is how she helps place God as our guide to help us navigate the waters of self-awareness. So if you ever struggle to love yourself, consider this book to help clarify your path forward. So we've heard a little about what others are saying, but what can you tell us about the book? Well, the book is definitely a spiritual growth, spiritual transformation book, so it's going to take you on a journey. That journey will include getting to know what validation and affirmation means, what our need is for it, maybe some ways we have gone about trying to get that need met that didn't satisfy, and then lastly, we'll find out how the God of mercy satisfies that need. 
What do you mean by a notice me world from the title of the book? Notice me world. Well, I mean, we've always wanted to be noticed. I mean, think back to Lucifer. You know, he wanted to be worshipped. So it's really nothing new. However, the onset of social media has encouraged us to kind of be like celebrities. We kind of want to be noticed and liked. I mean, come on. you When you get lots of likes on a post, don't you kind of get excited? So it's kind of like that. You know, we are getting excited when people notice us or they press a like or they make a comment. And it just does something for us inside. So it's, it's almost like it's being perpetuated now. Who are you hoping will read this book? Well, I think I'd like to say everybody, but I do think parents will get a lot out of it because they can learn how to better talk to their kids and affirm their kids. I also think that uh, there's four people I think would really resonate with this book. One are those people who are fatherless, who didn't grow up with a father like I didn't, or people who have had a father but were they didn't affirm or it, they almost ignored them. Then there's probably creative people. They're always putting themselves out there with their creations, and they need somebody to come back and say, good job, or they like it, or something like that. So creatives, and then I would also say those who have been rejected. I think most of us have been rejected at some point or another, but rejection makes us want affirmation more to compensate for the rejection. And then I would say those who have been abused. People who have been abused often feel very invisible, like no one has heard what they've had to say, and they don't feel heard. In what ways have you struggled to be validated? Well, I've been all four of those categories. Um, unfortunately, I was abused, um, and I was, I've been rejected, of course, because I've been in music. You get rejected when in music. My father died when I was 10, so I grew up without a father. And, uh, of course, I'm creative and a musician, so I, too, have uh, struggled all in these areas. But I also grew up in a very unsafe neighborhood and you know I was beat up a lot I had knives pulled on me you know at my high school someone was shot in the cafeteria so it was just a pretty violent kind of atmosphere and you know I was always timid and nervous and felt like no one really saw that I was hurting. Do you have a favorite chapter in the book? (laughs) That's that's a hard question to answer Dick. I think I'd have to say one of my favorites is fan club. In this chapter, we talk about when we're born, we God gives us this fan club, so they're like an eyewitness to our life. And what happens is, you know, when the baby is born, what do we do? We look at the baby, We the baby flashes its eyes or does a cooing sound, and we get all excited, right? And when that happens, that's like, we're like fan clubs. We're like presidents of the fan club of our of our children. And as we get older, those kinds of uh, excitements over what we do kind of diminish. And I think that we think that we don't need that fan club, but we still do. We just need it on a different level. So that's a really cool chapter, and we dive into that a little bit more. And then the other chapter I think is pretty significant is the chapter called Embrace. This is a story of me, actually, God instructing me to stand in front of a mirror and just view myself for 15 minutes. Now, I'm gonna tell you, 15 minutes is a long time when you're standing at yourself in front of a mirror. 
And God spoke to me in that moment and explained to me how I was affirmed. It was a very, very special tender moment. So I think the readers will understand the vulnerability that comes sometimes when we're really taking a good look at ourselves. Tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write this book. Well, there's always been this, I don't know if you would call it tunnel vision. I, I don't think it's that deep, but this perspective, I've always noticed that people don't look confident. They don't seem confident. They're scared to try something new. They're um, unsure of what it's like to feel like on stage or, or things like that. And I just noticed how uncomfortable people can get. And so always looking at this and saying, what's going on? Why, why do people feel uncomfortable? Why are they not feeling secure? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that when somebody has fed me and said, you know, affirmed me, that's lit me up like a Christmas tree. And it made me understand, oh, wow, other people might feel that way too. So it's constantly been looking at this in this lens for uh, my whole life. And so as I grew in my relationship with God, God said, I want you to write a book about this. And I was like, really? I'm not a writer. Well, I want you to write a book about this. And it was pretty insistent. So that's what motivated me to start. What obstacles did you encounter as you wrote the book? Well, about 14 years ago was when I decided I, that I heard that call from God to write a book. I was sitting at an Applebee's with a friend, and we were talking about different things we wanted to do with our life, and, and that came up. And so we jotted down the title of the book and all kinds of things. And from that time on, I kind of just dabbled in it here and there. But then I finally got serious and went away for weekends and wrote the book and, and kind of come up with concepts. And I finished the book, it was about 10 years ago or so, and I completely finished and then saved it on a pen drive. Well, guess what? I lost the pen drive. And so when I lost the pen drive, I lost the book, right? So that was pretty devastating for me. And I thought, well, maybe God doesn't want me to write this book. Maybe I was just fooling myself or something. So, you know, so I put it away for a little while and it kept coming back. God said, nope, I want you to do this. So I felt a strong need to obey. And so I went ahead and did it. In hindsight, are you pleased that it took longer because of that? Actually, I am. I think the book is better because of it. But more important than that, I think there were some truths that God wanted me to talk about that I hadn't quite understood yet. He gave those to me and then that I downloaded them in the book. So I think it made it better. I also think it's really much more relevant in the day that we are in because so much of us think that not only do we have this notice me world, we're struggling because we need somebody to say, acknowledge us because no, we're getting lost, we're getting lost. I know when you lost the pen drive, you had parts of chapters and you had actually already taught some of the principles in the book to your in small groups and such. Um, but how many chapters did you wind up adding? Well, I was about 17 chapters in the original, and I'm at 23 now. <laughs> so that kind of gives you an idea. What has God shown you through this uh, process of 14 years? Well, I think three things come to mind. I think the first thing is obedience. If you've got something that God puts on your heart and he keeps putting it there after, in my case, 14 years, 
I just couldn't say no. I had to say, okay, God, all right, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do it. And not worry so much about the results, but about the act of obedience. I think that's a big one. The other one is to that I need to collaborate with other people. A lot of times people think when you write a book, it's all about you and what your thoughts are, but it's not. There's so many other people that come alongside you in the process. I mean, Dick, for you example, you've been such a great support system to me, but I've also had people who have helped me in other ways like reading reading and proofreading and editing and cover design and just helping me learn how to launch a book and, and all those kinds of things. And then I think lastly, the biggest thing I've learned is just to wait. And what I mean by waiting is just to s- settle in that day and know that you're doing whatever you can that God asked you to do. And because you're obeying, you can be in peace about the wait because you know God's going to go ahead of you and prepare. He's done so, I have so many stories about how he just brought things to me just in time. So I think it's not so much waiting, it's not um, getting anxious about what's ahead. How do you hope people will use this book? Well, I think, first of all, reading it, <laughs> I think people will get some time to process and consider new things. They're going to be thinking about things. It's a kind of book that you're going to read a chapter and go, hmm, I need to think about that for a minute. So it's not necessarily a read from cover to cover book. Um, The other thing is that there's a couple things in the book that people can really benefit from. One is at the end, there are some questions um, that you can use for personal study or small group study. It's similar to what if you were to buy a book and then you bought a workbook that came with it, the questions in the back are like the workbook. So you can have use those for your personal study. There's also a quiz you can take to kind of determine if you have a validation deficit and to what degree. And also there's a lifeline chart, which is helpful to have you understand your past and how it affects some of the decisions you make now that you can work on with someone. One of the unusual items to accompany the book uh, is what you call a soaking session. Not many authors include music um, with a book um, to complement it. So tell us a little bit about that part of the project. Well, this is a fun part of the project. Um, I went into the studio and recorded some arrangements for clarinet, cello, and piano, and also included a bunch of songs that I wrote. It's a session where you can just literally soak in the presence of God. That's its intention. I don't want to call it this way, but it's similar to like, you know, music to get a massage by. It's been, it's intended to be very relaxing, very contemplative, thoughtful, so that you can just process that. And in between some of the pieces, there are some excerpts from the book. And the intent is for you to either go to that song at the end of a chapter that I wrote, or it's also just to listen to the session itself and just take in all God has for you. Well, with the book coming out soon, what's the best way that listeners can celebrate with you and get a copy of the book? Well, first of all, I'm going to be doing some launch parties in three different locations that mean a lot to me. First of all, there'll be a launch party in June 27th, uh, that's a Sunday, at 1 o'clock p.m., at the Veterans Amphitheater in the Veterans Memorial Garden in Holt, Michigan, which is in Lansing. So come out, be there for book signing. We'll be celebrating, having some refreshments, giveaways, and talking about the book. There's also going to be another launch party on in Traverse City on Sunday, 
July 18th at 1 o'clock in the Twin Lakes Park Pavilion. So I hope my Traverse City friends will come out there to that. And then the last place we're going to do a book signing is in Toledo. And that will be on Saturday, August 14th at 11 o'clock p.m. at Grace Community Church on Door Street in Toledo. So people, please come out and, and celebrate. Of course, you can also get the book by going on Amazon and ordering it. Well, before we end our time together, um, we're going to share the audio from the book trailer. Let's listen now. When was the last time you felt celebrated? In this Notice Me world, we struggle to be heard, to be seen. We crave affirmation, secretly wishing someone, anyone, would take notice. But what if you could embrace your need to be validated and affirmed? What if you could discover new ways to acknowledge yourself and others? What if the God of the universe showed up and gave you his stamp of approval? Perhaps you'll have the confidence to be a star shining in the sky. A heart, captive, but now free. A hand, grasping onto mercy, embracing little, hurting me. A firm grasp, feeling validated in a noticing world. Well, Susan, I want to say how proud I am of you for, uh, for, I mean, this process started even before I met you and, of course, has continued in the 10 years that we've been married and uh, just, just want to say how proud I am of you and I uh, want everybody to come out uh, the first launch party is Sunday, June 27 at 1 o'clock at the Amphitheater, Veterans Memorial Garden uh, in Holt, just a little south of Lansing. Looking forward to seeing some of you there. Me too. So until next time, take, take notice. Oh